I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And we've got another great one for you today. Today, we're joined by a special guest, a local guest, actually. It's not very often that we get to have a local guest on the show. Uh, But we're talking to somebody today that I think will have a lot of insight that our listeners will want to hear about. You know, we've talked about investing a few times on the show, Jay. But today's guest, and to use our catchphrase of uniquely qualified. Today's guest is uniquely qualified to talk to us about a specific avenue of investing. Why don't you elaborate a little further for us? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about investing. We did our 101, 201, 301, 401 series back a little bit closer to the the outset. But um, most specifically, I don't think we've talked expressly about flipping on the show, mm-hmm. home flipping, yeah. house flipping, renovate and resell, however we've you want to put it. compared it to buy and hold a lot. but Compared it to buy and hold as a strategy, we've, we've talked about it as a method to raise capital to invest long term, mm-hmm. um, but not just expressly about flipping. So today's guest, local, as you said, Brenna Brooks of Brenlo Properties. Brenna, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, um you know, Brenna's been at the flipping game for, you know, just shy of about six years. Okay. Okay. So come through, you know, the, the, some of the tumultuous times, right? Like, <laughs> well, we got started right when it was starting to pick back up, which exactly. was the opportunities that you were still able to get the really low price properties, but we we're starting to be able to sell them again. Like for a while you could get them dirt cheap, but yeah. no one could buy them. So Absolutely. now you're coming full circle. Yeah, exactly. So, so if, right. if we could just have 2012 and 2013 back, <laughs> um, before, before everyone that, you know, had a cell phone was a house flipper, but, um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you can relate. No. So, so six years experienced some of the, some of the tumult, right. Coming off of the bad market, the great recession, what have you. And, and the kind of run up that we've seen, you know, I, I've heard some recent statistics that home values in certain parts of the country are up 50% in the last five years. Um, so 10% annual five years consecutive, okay, which is pretty unprecedented. Now we haven't seen that here, but you know, I think it's safe to say that you've seen some good and some not so great. Mm-hmm. Maybe not bad, bad, but not so great. Um, and and something else that's really interesting about your business is you've got a business partner. I do. Okay, and your business partner is someone close to you. Yeah, I uh, I work with my dad. Okay, so it's uh, Brenlow Properties. I'm Brenna, and my dad's name is Barlow. So he came up with our name when he had to file the LLC paperwork of Brenlow Properties, sure. <laughs> and it stuck. And now it's uh, kind of endearing, I think. So <laughs> no, absolutely, we get a lot of comments on it. But yeah, we uh, we have a lot of fun. No, that's great. That's great. And so um, you know, flipped. You know, about what you say, 13, 14 We're on homes? number 13 right now. Okay, so yeah, so little, it up. little more than two a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, little more than two a year. We've actually slowed down. So the first, uh, the first few years we did, you know, two at a time and, you know, three, four a year. But the last couple of years we've done some really huge projects. So those have only been one at a time, one a year. And I was yeah. going to ask why you slowed down, but so it's, yeah. the projects are bigger now. Yeah, the last two projects that we did were pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> so well, they, I can uh, imagine, I can also imagine that it's, 
as you just alluded to a minute ago, that it's a little bit harder to find great opportunities. It is. It's getting a lot harder. Um, you know, we actually, the majority, you know, statistically and numerically of our properties have been just normal MLS. And we were just the ones to get there first and to put in the best offer, which has not always been the highest offer. Um, you know, we were just the ones to get there first. We have done um, private deals through, you know, private lead sourcing. Sometimes we've just been in the right place at the right time. So it's a mix, but it is definitely getting absolutely harder to do it on the MLS, which I think is a huge, the biggest barrier to entry is people not knowing how to find those deals not on the MLS. No, absolutely. I, I don't think I bought, so just sold one, have two, one about to hit the market, one big one that is in uh, in process, just like coming out of demo and framing mm-hmm. and like starting to go to rough ends and mechanicals and things like that. But I found it really, really challenging to source deals on the MLS and mm-hmm. almost, I would say probably I bought one off the MLS, maybe out of my last six or seven. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's different shapes, sorts and sizes. Like I have no, I'll ask you about this in a minute, but I, I have no, um, real preference as to part of town. Now I will say that there are certain parts of town that I don't want, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty open when it comes to location, size, style. I I have, you know, certainly, uh, an eyeball on what does better, Mm -hmm. what does what, but there's a price for everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a market for everything, you know, some houses that we probably wouldn't touch, you know, are going to be someone else's niche, you know, and that's, that's all they're going to do. Um, so it, it just depends on, sometimes what you have time to take on, you know, do you want to take on a huge project or do you know that you have a big life event happening in three months and you want to be done by then, you know, so it can be flexible, which is a good thing. Um, we've definitely found, you know, our, our preference, like our little, you know, if we could absolutely write the prescription for everything, that's what we would follow. But it doesn't usually follow that. So. It doesn't work that way. Right. Well, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I probably would have that prescription mm-hmm. in mind if you asked me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just so seldom in today's market comes to fruition right. that I've had to open myself up to other ideas. If yeah. you want to keep inventory moving, mm-hmm. you have to open yourself up to other opportunities. So, okay, here, here's a question for you. Sure. You're doing big projects. Yeah. Is that a function of you sharpening your skill set, getting to the point where you might be one of the few people willing to take on that sort of project and therefore that's 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 your advantage in sourcing or is it just a necessity with the market? Um, what is it? Well, you know, I think it's a combination of both. So the last two projects we did um, have been, you know, higher dollar. They've been over 700,000 finished. Um, we got them both for right around 400. Um, it's... You know, when you get up into that price point, I mean, Louisville's a low cost of living city, right? So it's it's different here than it is, say, in California. Those numbers say very different things. But there's a lower buyer's market, but then there's also a lower market for flippers, renovators, what have you, who are willing to take on that project and who can take on that project. You know, I think the bigger size you get, the bigger scope gets, the more that you have to pay attention to. These were in higher end areas. So the buyer is different. They have, you know, stricter criteria. They have different tastes than buyers in lower price points. And so the person who is willing to take on that project, and I think who has the, I don't want to say the eye, but like the Imagination. Uh, yes, that's good. Right. Um, to take on that project is different than someone who's doing 
houses in a different area town at a, a much lower price point. It's, I mean, it's definitely a different renovation. Sure. So Attention to detail is very different. It's very different and it's a lot more required. I mean, there's things that we could, I don't want to say get away with because that implies a negative, but there's things that we could not change in a $300,000 house that if we left it in one of these houses, we would get nailed for it. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, you know, in the types of prices that you're talking about, 700 plus, I mm-hmm. mean, Gabe, we, we did a statistic, a statistic. Yeah. Um, we looked at it on the MLS. What percentage? It was something like 4% of properties. I in mean, it was Louisville less than, sell, it was less than 10 for sure. 4% of properties in Louisville sell above 700,000. I believe that. So yeah. you're talking very, very thin air. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just put granite in you have to do like Carrera marble like you have to you can't just do custom cabinetry you have to do top dollar shaker style like cutting edge on the forefront of interior design you can't just you can't just wing it yeah you have to go all out i mean these people will not buy it it will sit so that i think yes and no you know and i'm finding that yes there are definitely some elements of that like you know you do need the custom cabinetry you do need the higher end appliances you do need the nicer finishes but some of the other stuff that used to matter like homorama a couple years ago you went in you know where was it well, shakes. It's been shakes around a couple times. Okay. Well, a couple years ago, you went into the bathrooms and the higher dollar homes at Homerama, and it was marble everywhere. Like there was no yeah. porcelain tile to be seen. There was no ceramic. It was marble everywhere. Yeah. Homerama last year. Not much. Not the same. I think I remember no. only one bathroom that was complete marble, and it's become more about you know, I guess you could say the look. But I think it's a good thing that it's, you know, it, it does require more creativity because using the lesser expensive materials, you know, the porcelain, the ceramic instead of the marble or the travertine or whatever, but designing it in such a way that makes sure. it more visually appealing, it's definitely more of a challenge. Yeah. But it's good because that means that you can put your budget in other places such as, you know, building an awesome outdoor entertainment area for one thing, you know, like almost all of the houses had a huge like outdoor kitchen almost. Right. And so they're putting their money there and in entertainment systems in the basement rather than marble instead of porcelain in the bathroom, for example. No, absolutely. And what, you know, to dovetail on that, um, you're seeing, I think the tile ceramic porcelain, those companies that the, the manufacturers have come a long way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and that's used, another piece of it too. That is a factor. You used to have to go to go marble mm-hmm. to get a high end look. Exactly. And now with, you know, with how competitive the porcelain and ceramic products are, you can get a really high end look without spending an arm and leg. Also, absolutely. you're looking at things like, you know, pattern and printed tiles mm-hmm. and things that can give you a unique look. You can do accent pieces and yeah, things like that. Yeah, cement tile is huge right now, design wise. Absolutely. So, so one thing, and I will also say, and I'd love to get your opinion on this because this drives me nuts. So, five eighths engineered hardwood mm-hmm. in Homerama and new homes in general. I mean, I walk through these million dollar new construction homes that have essentially like two dollar and seventy nine cent a square foot hardwood. Yeah. And it, it drives me crazy. Like I put I can afford to put that in a hundred and thirty thousand dollar flip. Mm-hmm. 
Like, why is it in a million-dollar house in Homerama? Now, I understand, like, durability and these mm-hmm. things like that, but it just really, I don't know, something in that, se- that $700,000 house should set, the flooring should set it apart, right? Yeah. No? That's, you know, I think... Or do you like the, do you like the engineered look? We have used it once. Um, so we have been actually really, really lucky in almost every single Natural. project we've had, we've been able to refinish original. Um, there have been two projects where we'd have where we have had to lay down sorry three where we've had to lay down new flooring so overlay on the original hardwood? no it didn't have original didn't hardwood have original it didn't hardwood. yeah it was subfloor so it didn't have anything original to begin with but in every other property we've refinished original i've had i've had to overlay original they were so damaged mm-hmm. like sanded and it didn't work mm-hmm. and so i've had to overlay five eights Engineer Gabe is like, what are you talking about? So if you see my eyes glaze over over here, it's only because I've never flipped a house. But I want to do I want to do something real quick. If you'll yeah yeah let yeah me. yeah because we Let's, we, could, we could do this. <laughs> zoom out real quick because if we all take inventory for a minute, we're having an intense conversation about specific preferences on engineered hardwood. Obviously, you're somebody that knows exactly what you're talking about. It's very clear to our listeners that you have a lot of experience after doing this. I want to go backwards though. Let's go. I want to go to kind of the origin because mm-hmm. I'm sure this is a lot of stuff that you learned. As you went along, right? Oh, absolutely. So, what was what what did the what did Brinlow properties look like on flip number one? What was the background? Oh God, it was terrible. Okay, um, we did the, all the work ourselves. Okay, on our first house, it took over a year. Were you guys both handy? I mean, was that something? Oh, Dad was. I was no, no, okay. no, no. no. I, I learned by doing for sure. Um, so yeah, it was 2012. 2012. Um, I was in grad school at the time. It okay. was a night program. I had days free. Um. We, you know, we got into it the same way most other people do. You know, you watch a lot of HGTV. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we are both from Louisville. I've lived here my whole life. So is my dad. We love this city. So we'll drive around and we would notice like, oh, someone should really do something with that house. Or like, oh, look at that. That looks yeah. like crap, you know? Um, and I would start looking, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. My dad is super handy. His best friend was an electrician. You know, he he built their lake house. He paid for someone to frame it and put on the roof, and he did everything else himself. You know, he's always tinkering. He's always fi- – I call him Yoda Giver because he's a cross <laughs> between Yoda and MacGyver because he knows everything. He can fix like anything. That. You're making sure that we got Hashtag that. Hashtag Yoda Giver. Yoda but yeah, we just, we kind of started talking about it. And so then of course, you know, I'm pretty stubborn. So I started looking at listings and then I started calling about them and actually no one took me seriously because would you take a 26 year old female saying, I want to flip houses. Like, would you take me seriously? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you would. <laughs> well, like if, would then, five years, promise. five, six years is not a long time. And think you're talking about that compared to now where you're having an in-depth discussion about how far the tile industry has come with like the products yeah. that they put out. So, I mean, the, I guess the question for me is how was there ever a point where you thought like this is I'm never going to be able to pick this up or did it all just come really naturally? And It kind of, you know, my dad is always taught he got stuck with both daughters so he never he always taught my sister and i think so you know when i was little he has a workshop in their basement yeah and i would go down there and hang out with him and he would give me some blocks of wood and some nails and a hammer and let me just like nail things together (laughs) okay you know and he would always show me how to do things you know um so i was i was used to that kind of stuff and i liked the home piece of it and again, liked watching HGTV. So I was definitely interested in it and I could see the benefit in what we were learning. I mean, I did, I 
repaired ceilings that were falling down. I tiled, uh, we jacked up the entire house to our first house. We jacked up the entire house two inches cause it was sagging cause of a leaking water heater. A big that was project never, for your first one. That was the first one. That was like in week number two. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we did everything. We did everything on that. Did house you guys ourselves. do well? Like, did you finish well on your we first made couple? money? Yeah. Uh, our second one is actually one of our records. Have you um, ever not made money? On yes. One? We've lost twice. Hmm. We've lost twice. One of them was real big. Okay. Real big. Okay. Well, this is that was that was going to lead in my sounds like question. an open wound. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to specifics no, no, no. On it's that, fine. But. You know, when we can talk about that as a learning point because there are definitely things that we do or that we did on that project that you know we always preach against. But then you get tunnel vision and then you get emotionally attached to it, even though like I'm aware of that and I tell other people not to do that. Like I did it. And it's a huge factor as to why we lost money. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm definitely open to being transparent about it. Um, I'll say it was close to a six-figure number. A loss? Woo! And there's a lot of factors that went into it. Um, time on market, listing time. Uh, we tried to get more than what the comps said we could because of the level of the finishes and everything was brand new and blah, 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 blah. So we listed high and we listed above the ceiling for that neighborhood. Yeah. And then it sat. And then it was election season in 2015, 16. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And people in that price point, in the 800 plus price point, people didn't want to spend that much money before the election because they didn't know what was going to happen. At that price point, a lot of their wealth is tied up in long-term investments. And obviously that was really volatile at that point. But it's just something we didn't even think about. But it's eight hundred thousand, so you got carrying costs, substantial carrying exactly. costs. Exactly, carrying costs because so, it sat on the market. So you're and and so you you're months into it, you don't know what's coming next. You're like, should I take this haircut and just move on while I can stomach it, right? Okay, or do I wait and see if it gets worse? We, I mean, we kept cutting the price, and finally oh. we got a price or we got an offer, and we're like, you know what? Just cut our losses and move just, on. Just move on. Just move on. Okay. Just get out. You had no thoughts of, of wrapping it up after that? Anything like that? Uh, you know, we we kept going. We were under contract already. Or I think we had already closed on the next property. Mm-hmm. So we at least had to do that one. <laughs> yeah. So you were at least bought in for one more. Yeah. Um, we did. <laughs> we, we learned a lot on that one. We're still very proud of the end product. Um, I'm not sure we would have done a lot differently on the renovation itself, honestly. Um, we, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. We would have listed it lower and driven competition, accepted less of a profit up front because we were looking at it in percentages. Like that's a terrible profit for all of the money and all of the time and work we've put into it. Like, is it a profit? Yeah. So again, hindsight, like a profit is better than a negative. A yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, we should have done that from the get-go. We listed it the week before school started, um, which, you know, isn't that great. And then it got into Labor Day weekend, and then it got into election season, and then it got into the holidays. Listeners are, like, taking notes right now. Don't do this. Yeah, don't, do don't this, list around the holidays. Don't do this. <laughs> I mean, as you say that, I'm, I sit here with a, a pretty substantial renovation and process that's not going to be ready before school starts. I mean, it's just not. Mm. It's not going to be ready. It's going to be into the fall, and I know. And it, but you know what? I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't pass on it. Give me the chance. I bet. I bet you and I have a similar approach. So let me ask you this: what What really, really excites you about flipping houses? Um, you know, it's kind of become my creative outlet. 
And I didn't expect hmm, okay. that up front. You know, I'm not a trained designer. I went to school for marketing. Yeah. Um, I'm apparently pretty good at it, um, <laughs> which has been a side bonus. Um, I, I love the process. I really love it. It's really rewarding for us. Um, I love kind of, you know, helping take what is the worst house on the street in the neighborhood and making it into the best. You know, we've done several houses in the same neighborhood and we got to know the neighbors and they would stop us on their walks, you know, walking the dog and say, thank you for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that is really why we do what we do, you know, especially in a, you know, $700,000 neighborhood. Yeah. It's, um, it's become my creative outlet. I, I do love the design aspect of it. I really do. I've learned a lot. Um, it's taught me a lot of skills. It's taught me, um, you know, networking. I've met some really cool people. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of really cool things. So it's, it's definitely been fulfilling both, I guess, professionally and personally, you know, with all that being said, would we do it if we didn't make money? Like, would we do it just to feel good? No, like it's gotta be worth our while. Sure. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's been really rewarding and I've really enjoyed it. Well, let me ask you this because we've talked to some other people that flip properties and we even had an entire episode dedicated to a guest that quit his job so that he could pursue doing investment full time. Uh, and you mentioned this is your creative outlet. So mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't your full time job that you only do, correct? No, I do this on the side for okay. funsies, um. <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. Uh, has there ever been a time where you thought, you know, maybe I'm getting really close to where I could just do this, or is that even something that you want to do? Um, I've definitely thought about it, and people ask me that all the time, actually. And I mean, even people at work, they're like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Right? You just, you're really good at that. Like that's obviously what you're passionate, especially like, if you're profitable. Yeah, yeah." Um, you know, at the time and in the first couple years, it was why don't you do this full time? Because I was in grad school and then I was looking for, you know, a career job out of grad school. Um, and my answer then was that, you know, I went to grad school in the middle of a career change to help me with that career change. Okay. So the answer was, I didn't feel that I had enough on my resume and enough work experience, you know, outside of flipping, you know, and I guess quote unquote corporate, um, to fall back on if anything ever went belly up and flipping because it can be so volatile, right? I mean, all it takes is one change in interest rates, one change in tax code, whatever. And flippers don't have a business model anymore. So at that point, I felt like if that were to happen, I didn't have enough to start over with. The answer might be a little bit different now. Um, you know, theoretically, if I went full time or one of us went full time, you know, we could do more volume and then we could, you know, it could be a, a full time income. I mean, right now we don't make enough to live off of without doing something else. Well, me, my dad's retired, retired, quote unquote. Um, (laughs) but air quotes, air quotes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But so then looking back on it, you know, if while that house, while the canoe lane property was on the market and while that wasn't selling, I wouldn't have been able to pay my mortgage. So, you know, you can look at it both ways and never say never. You know, in a couple of years from now, I could reevaluate. And but r- right now, that's that's how we're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, th- right? There's no right or wrong. No. Sure. You know this. I mean, you we, you make your own rules. I mean, that's the that's the luxury of being in business for yourself. You make your own rules. I I um I can't help it though. You know, a, a theme within the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, has been you know Gabe and I, and you know I'm I think. Technically, he he will argue that I don't claim it, but I think technically I'm a millennial. Technically, <laughs> I don't think I claim it either. 
<laughs> I think technically I, d- I, I am not, or I am technically, by like think, maybe one year. I think technically you are like... The internet says that you are, but I, I call Jay a fair weather millennial because he'll take all of the good things about millennials, but as soon as millennials come under fire, he's like, well, I'm too old to be a millennial. I'm, I'm born in 1981, mm-hmm. number one. And I think that that is the, like I think that the, is year. the year. And actually, it was originally like 83, and they keep moving it back. So anyway, my, my question... Everybody my, wants to be a millennial now. Well, my question is, is you know, I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying completely about not making it your full-time gig. But but I also hear you talk about how it is your passion. Um, and, and I don't doubt that you like your, your job. So, <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes. Job. Your, your job. Um, like but, your job. But, <laughs> no, but but seriously, like, aren't, aren't, aren't we supposed to, like... You know, have no rules and no restrictions. We have a lot of guests that are all about the no safety net. Dive in. Who cares? You know, you know. But but I hear you say I wouldn't have been able to pay my mortgage. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) I like my house. I want to keep. I like my house. (laughs) I'd like to keep it. But you know, it sounds like a restriction that you've placed on yourself when we shouldn't have restrictions, or at least that's what I'm told. I guess that's something about me because I definitely fall in the parameter the years of a millennial i was born in 85 so i am definitely with by label a millennial i don't think i act like a stereotypical millennial <laughs> but one of the things i you, you know you don't eat tide pods for breakfast or anything like I that i don't okay and i don't know what bubbo tea is um, <laughs> i don't either you don't right? need to know <laughs> gabe knows he knows i, I can i he, don't know what he, is. he <laughs> always knows he, like anything he always knows. Anything millennial, like, do you, have you ever eaten avocado toast? I gotta stay abreast of millennial issues. Yeah, it's real good. You've had avocado? Okay. <laughs> I've never had it. Have you ever had uh, everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's? Yep. Got it Got it sitting right next to my Okay, stove. put it on your avocado toast. It's, it's great. Game changer. I've, I've never had either it's of incredible. those things. It's incredible. It's wonderful. It's incredible. Put it in scrambled eggs. I know that sounds weird, but it's good. Put it on some chicken and then put it on the grill and like the garlic like caramelizes or something. <laughs> Jay, Jay has his head in his hands like, right now. For I'm, I'm face palm emoji right now. I just put my hand <laughs> in front See, of the mic. See, you so. just said you're not a millennial and you just spoke I, about a I emoji acted out in a an emoji. <laughs> Look, I, tr- trust me. I, I'm fair weather. Anyway, I'm sorry. We, we, we got off track there. We did. What was the question? Um, <laughs> okay, so you, you say by label you're a millennial, mm-hmm. but you don't act like a stereotypical yeah, millennial? Yeah, that's, I guess, I the structure, I guess, I... You don't seem afraid. I don't think... It's not fear that's keeping you. I'm afraid. Do you I, love your day job? I really, really like my day job. I was going to say, maybe you just don't want to. Like, there, money there was go. no issue. It's, if it I, wasn't a money thing. I like... If it wasn't a money thing, I think I would probably do it oh okay but i like i like the security you know i like knowing i'm getting a check unless i really screw up and get fired i like knowing that i'm getting a check that my bills are covered that do you think that security is holding you back from another level of success that you could reach if you just took the leap that's a really good question yeah that's That's a j pitts question that's totally shrinking heads right now (laughs) Um. my head just exploded um yeah i think that is probably the biggest factor Okay, so you ever seen you ever seen Batman, the last Batman, the one with Bane, where yeah. he can't get out of the pit because he has a rope tied to him, and the old man tells him that you can't make the jump until you untie the rope from yourself. That's what this is. Is this like the toddler that can't get the, the snack out because they've got 
out yeah. of the snack trap because their hands full of Cheerios. Like there you, you can't get it. Like if you just let go, so many good. good. This is a metaphor for someone no kids and someone with kids. <laughs> I don't have kids either. I have uh, a dog. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I have a one and a five year old. So it's it's my life. Snack traps are my life. But you were saying <laughs> no. I I you don't you don't seem afraid. Um, you seem like you like your job. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem like you. They they actually they work to get like they complement each, each other very well but you like, know things i learn with houses i apply in my date because i'm a project manager right so and that's essentially what the process of flipping houses is is project managing the flip i mean yeah there's design and yeah there's you know knowing architecturally which walls are structural and which ones are cheaper to take out but i feel the biggest piece of it is project management so each of them has taught me a lot about the other um, I happen to work for an agency that specializes in home installed products. So my experience flipping houses has really helped me in being successful and being, I guess, a resource at my career job, my day job. Resource. Right. Bing. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it sounds amazing. Um, you know, I guess I'm, I'm just a little intrigued. Um, if you. So so what keeps you from doing more? On the flip side, time. Okay, time. I mean, now, I is work it just I, the two of you. Like, you hi- obviously hire contractors. We and hire stuff, subs, but, but it's yeah. my dad and I, and our realtor is very. Um, she's very supportive and she's very involved, and yeah. she helps us out a lot. Um, you know, with keeping eye on stuff for us. You know, if we want to go see a comp, getting us in. You know, coming and telling us what she thinks at sure. certain points of the project. Like, you really need to consider doing this, like for this end market, like for this price point buyer, whichever. Right. So she's she is a huge part of our team. Yeah. Um, and we should, and we should shout out Dana, Dana Willett. Yeah. Dana Willett Meyer, mm-hmm. um, with Remax properties. East oh, we should probably make it clear that you're not a licensed real estate person. No, which no, most of our no, guests no, are. No, so. uh, no, Brenna's not a licensed real estate person. And, and I'm very good friends with her realtor, by the way. Yeah. And she actually set this up today. So Dana, thank you. Thanks, if Dana. You're if you're listening, I will <laughs> send you the link so that you will have to listen. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, Dana's somebody that I, I go back with, um, uh, a number of years and we've done a lot of cross sales and, um, you know, just have a really good working relationship with. So salt of the earth person, like you couldn't ask for a better agent. Like, well, she, and she's the one honestly who took me seriously when I called about a listing. And I honestly, I think it was just like a random click on Zillow. Like, hmm. and she, it was a paid ad that she had and she actually responded and she answered. And then she talked to me on the phone and then she took us to see this house and we didn't end up offering on it, but she met my dad and I, and she was like, we're going to find you a house. We're going to find you a house. Well, she, and she kept looking and, here we go. and she called us one day and she's like, I got it. I got it. Quick aside for all of our agent listeners, this is one just one more perfect example of why your follow-up is so important because I think Dana is pretty happy with the decision she made at this point. <laughs> no, and I think a lot of the later, other people that would not even... How many transactions do you think you've done? Well, yeah, we... Let's see. So All of them? Every single house that we have done, Dana has helped us with. We've okay. never used Zillow. another realtor. Just, just a Zillow response. Exactly. And well, or a realtor, realty tracker, one of those foreclosure. I don't remember which one it right. was, but yeah, no, but, but at the same time, I mean that, and it's Props. not just the Props list, it's not just the yeah. list sides. Cause she sold 12 houses for them. Well, we sold, let's see, we bought two, two off market. We bought three off market. We bought three privately. She advised us on them, but she was yeah. not involved in the contractual purchase. Sure. We have sold one, Privately, okay. So that's on Instagram. So that's wow. Which is that's top. We're gonna we're gonna gonna come back to that. And one of them's mine. 
perfect. <laughs> so, well, there's that's twenty transactions. If you if you look at twelve or thirteen properties, three off market, less one off market listing, like that's about twenty. It's about and 20 I deals. have referred her to one, two, yeah, yeah, that's without the referrals, three, four buyers that have closed with her. It's pretty solid. Five. So you're in no, her no, hall no, no. of fame, is what you're Five saying. Five or six buyers that have closed with her, and on buying, and three sellers. Not bad. Not bad for not, ba- not, not bad, bad. Not bad for answering the phone. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> or picking up the phone. No, it's good. Sol- so, so Brent, I have to tell you, Gabe, in addition to his media duties here at Resource, mm-hmm. is the inside sales or sales support specialist for JT Pitts and Associates, our right. team. Okay. And his his job is to field incoming calls from prospective clients. Um, and set them up with the agents in, on our in, team. inquiries on our listing inventory mm-hmm. and spends essentially the entire day that he's not doing this on the phone with on the, on the phone with buyers and sellers. I like to talk. I like to keep either a phone or a microphone. Well, you're a special times. person because <laughs> I could not be on the phone for that long every day. My, my <laughs> phone is one of the most annoying parts about the one we do. <laughs> no. And, and okay. So this is a good pivot point. And, and you, you, what you just said, um, leads me to that. So you mentioned Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to know about your work and we talked about this just before we jumped on the podcast. Um, I came to know your work via Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, before I even knew that you were local. Right. Okay. Before, certainly before I knew that you worked with my good friend, Dana, mm-hmm. um, I came to know your work via Instagram. So how has social media Instagram specifically? And I don't know if you snap or what, what whatever else you do, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, business it's, pages and it's whatnot. Pretty much all Instagram, all I know you're huge on stories. Yeah. You, you, you do a lot of Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has that been influential? You just said it sold a house for you. It sold a house for us. So, Absol- I mean, off market before it was finished. It was under contract before it was done. Hmm. So at a bare minimum, it saved you some commission dollars. It saved us 5% yeah. on 450000 that's, so that's, that's 20, a lot. That's 20 grand. Yeah. So, for anybody that does quick math. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's gotten us free product. It's gotten us. Free product how? Uh, um, I was reached out to by uh, by the tile shop um, asking, because I'm a pro, we're a pro customer. Um, you know, I always tag the businesses that we work with on Instagram. It's yeah. a great way of getting, you know, brand in social media world, you call it um, cross-linking. Yeah. But it's a validation technique, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's, re- it's um, reciprocal, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's a way to get out there. And, you know, I I tag the brands, you know, hoping for eventually a little bit of a kickback. Yeah. Um, but they also get ta- content for their properties, which sure. for a consumer, it's way more valuable, I feel, seeing it in a real house that someone has rather than on a set that a stylist has done and it's not, quote unquote, real life or, you know, a CG kitchen that someone's built on a computer. Um, so it's it's cross beneficial. So they reach out to me asking to do um, a sur- like a, a case study or a survey for them for pro customers. And in return, we got five hundred dollars in, in free product. Uh, Delta Fawcett actually featured us on their blog on a bathroom renovation that we use Delta products for. They posted on Father's Day because it was a father-daughter team, which was oh, cute. Wow, yeah, that nice. was a few uh, few years ago. But, um, you know, the trade discount, stuff like that. But, um, you know, friends of mine have gotten a lot more free product, um, sponsorships, stuff like that. Um, it's given me the opportunity to do our ebook. 
which is cool. Right. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So I met uh, my friend Wendy Doris. She's Flippin' Wendy on Instagram. Flippin' Wendy. Flippin' Wendy. Uh, she <laughs> flip, was flip in, not flipping. Right. Flippin'. Flippin'. No G. Flippin'. No, no G. No G. Okay. Um, you know, we followed each other on Instagram, and then we start, started commenting back and forth on each other's Instagram. And then I think I emailed her once asking her a question about something that she did, like, in one of her posts. Like, I asked her, like, hey, how did you do that? Or can you tell me a little bit more about it? It looks like it might be a solution for this problem I have, whatever. Sure. And then we started comment following each other on Facebook and Facebook messaging each other. And then she's like, well, this is annoying. Here's my phone number. Let's just text. And so we did. And so then I wanted to go up to Cincinnati to this discount store that she always talked about. So I messaged her and I'm like, uh, hey, I'm going to be in Cincinnati. Like, you want to have lunch and meet in person? She's like, okay. And then she told me later, she's like, well, I'm glad you weren't a serial killer. <laughs> but so the two of us became really close friends. And we both always get these emails, you know, can you, I'm thinking about getting into flipping, you know, can you, can you tell me about how you got into it or how do I find leads to flip houses? Like from the most high level 40,000 foot, like how is Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer in the world or whatever? How is LeBron James the greatest basketball player? Like, how do you flip houses? (laughs) Oh, no. And so, and it was everything. flip? Question mark. It was everything from that to very, very specific questions. And we did not have the time to respond to every single question to, you know, some people were like, hey, like, can I take you out for drinks and pick your brain? You know, and this was friends, too. This was people we knew. Yeah. And so we decided to just put everything down on paper. And we wrote an ebook, like Flipping Houses 101. It's called Shut Up and Flip a House Already, A Guide to Shit or Get Off the Pot. A guide to help you shit or get off the pot. And that was a joke. And I'm like, no, that's that's No, that's it. it. That's it. That's That's the title. title. Especially for an ebook that doesn't have to sit on the shelf. Like people will buy more because of that title. Mm Mm-hmm. So we yeah, we we created the ebook and we've had it for let's see, it's been a little over it's not quite a year and a half now. And how many copies sold? Just over a thousand. Thousand copies. How how many pages? It's just it's right at a hundred pages. Um, it's an easy read. It's very conversational. It's a lot like this. It's, you know, if we were sitting around at, you know, for drinks at Gravely or something and just yeah. kind of talking about it, it's, it's very casual. It's real talk. We don't hide anything. We're pretty straightforward. You um, wouldn't be able to tell from that title. It sounded like it was pretty scholarly, <laughs> right. pretty scholarly read. I know. It's uh, volume, volume 14, the <laughs> dissertation of, no. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty real talk. So, and the thing is, if, if someone's looking to get into this, right, it's, it's a big financial commitment. I mean, 15 bucks for an ebook. Yeah. We thought that was pretty fair. Yeah. So, and we've gotten great feedback on it. So that has been an opportunity that I would have never had if it weren't for social media. So when's the sequel? Uh, we're actually, we're starting to work on it. No kidding. Okay. See, well, there you go. I, we didn't even, I, I didn't know that. How many flippers do we talk to though that don't think like this though? Like this, you said you have a marketing background, right? Absolutely. You study marketing. My degree's in marketing and I, yeah, I work in marketing. Well, we know a lot of flippers who are successful but they never thought to write a book or don't have the Instagram savvy, like the, the social no, media I mean, game that we're talking about they're, here. They're afraid to show their work because somebody's going to take it or steal it. It sounds like that's half of your success. Somebody's going to say that you didn't do something right because you, you know, you put a picture up of your demoed house and it's blah, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, there's risk associated, but like, I think the, uh, the yeah, sometimes the, the haters come out, the haters do come <laughs> out, but the benefit and, the, and it's always in social media. You put yourself out there. Um, I got torn apart on Reddit actually. And this is interesting. On Reddit. Yeah. You, you, you don't need to, like, you don't have to, if you don't want to be out there, like if you don't want to play this piece of it, 
if you don't care about like if you just want to get out there and flip house and especially if you know we were talking a little bit about you know different strategies if you just want to build up a, a portfolio of rentals for long-term wealth who cares you don't need, Why to be on do you need on instagram yeah. you don't you know and i actually got torn apart on reddit by someone and he was like you're not a flipper you're a marketer Oh, give okay. me a break. Cool. And <laughs> What sort of moral high ground did he come from? Like, what, what, what is this? I mean, I obviously don't know how... Because they're obviously... On Reddit, he exclusive. seems very experienced. But, I mean, do I know the guy? Can I actually validate him personally? You're not a... No. He's just salty because... <laughs> It's, because he doesn't know how to do an Instagram story. Well, and it's, <laughs> he doesn't know how to go live. So he's it's, and at first, I was really, really insulted. I was kind of like, you know, I sure said yeah. some expletives. Um, but then I thought about it, and it's yeah, there is a lot of marketing for what I do. Like, but is is that a bad thing? I don't know. I don't think so. Not if it makes you more money, right? And that's what I said. I'm like, hey, okay, maybe, yeah. Because this guy, he looked at our. I said, you know, if you really think that that like, take a look. Like, here's our social media. Yeah. And I gave him, like, I've revealed myself, like, here's yeah. our website. Here's my Instagram. And he's like, okay, I looked at your stuff. You're a marketer. I'm like, okay. Well, at the end of the but day, you're here's what it's gotten us business-wise. Yeah. It's saved us commission yeah. on a $450,000 sale. Yeah. It has gotten us private leads. It's gotten us free product. It's gotten us this. It's gotten us this. Like, and so it, it does you have, as an influencer. You have, like you said, people emailing you on the daily trying to get tips on how to get started. So. Yeah. But is that me as a flipper? It's, well, some of it probably is. Maybe most of it is. It's yeah. It's just. I mean, well, at first I, I was really upset by it, and then I was like, "Well, I think you should be honored." Okay. Frankly, I think you should be honored. I mean, the guy sounds like an idiot, but um, <laughs> I think you should be honored because no serious business. Like, who isn't? What small business owner isn't a marketer almost first these days? Well, you almost have to be to get yourself out there like, to well, get sure. yourself noticed. Like, the, I tell people, I tell people that get into the real estate business because I mentor a lot of agents. You know, we have forty agents here. I'm the principal broker for. We have fourteen agents on our team almost exclusively agents that have started from not in the business is who we have here. We're a very young company. And I say, you know, you have, you have literally two objectives when you get into the real estate business. It's to increase awareness within your existing sphere of influence and to grow the sphere of influence, right? Mm -hmm. the, the people that you can cap you are capable of touching to, to derive business from, it needs to grow and an awareness. And if that's not marketing, it's nothing like you have to be a marketer first before you have the ability to be good at what you do, right? Sometimes, but well, as flipping houses, like, do I need to have an Instagram houses to be good or an Instagram presence to be good at flipping this house? No, but it sets you apart. Why are you sitting here? <laughs> you're sitting here because you're on Instagram. Because I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't have well, known you otherwise. Exactly. Right, and I mean, I'm not maybe saying eventually, that, maybe you know? eventually we would have met. But I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I learned, and Dana could tell you this too, because there's a reason why she she wanted to work with you. Right. Um, when she met you, she read you as sincere. You know, I, I will say, and, and I'm reading the same thing as we sit here, but like I've met with a thousand would be home flippers. Okay. I listed, I, I didn't tell you about this. You probably don't know this about me, but I listed bank foreclosures from 2008 to 2012. Oh, so you had a million of them. By the hundreds. Oh, yeah. We sold 2,000 pieces of bank foreclosed property in those years. Okay. Um, and people would come out of the woodworks. They mm -hmm. wanted everything <clears throat> for nothing. Okay, they 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 wanted access and all that, and and not all of them, but but a good measure of people think that this is really easy. 
Okay, and what I think you've done, and I, I'm really not trying to flatter you. I'm just <laughs> telling you my honest opinion. Gabe knows I'm a sh- I'm a straight shooter. I just think you've set yourself apart. I think I think um, you know that's what Dana saw. That's my guess. And and so yes, you're a marketer, and I think you should be proud of it. Yeah, that's well, just, that's just me. <laughs> One of the things that it has helped us with that is direct the directly related to like the actual flipping is it has helped legitimize us because we do put everything out there and I'm not putting out only the pretty pictures and the finished pictures. Like I'm putting the floor busted up to pieces because of, you know, a pipe we had to run to the main sewer, whatever it is. We're not afraid to show it. And because we, because we know we do things right, we won't cut corners. We won't do things. And people like to see that stuff. Right. And what that has done for us is Dana tells us, she's like, you know, other realtors, you know, buyers, realtors tell me that their buyers were cautious about a flip property because there can be a negative connotation. And then the realtor finds out that it was us that they're like, Oh, Brenlo properties did that house. Oh, you're fine. They do great work. They're, they're awesome. Mm, And so that is, is a a very tangible benefit of what it has helped us with. And absolutely. Well, and, and I'll be honest, if I'm being completely honest, I will tell you that agents, will rely on the sentiment that has grown right in the public. So they may not have even verified for themselves that you do great work, but the sentiment is out there. And I would agree with that. Well, and, and if I someone know. they trust told them that and exactly. a lot of people exactly. trust Dana. Exactly. And Dana, right. and Dana is somebody that needs to be trusted. So, so that, that, that having that ally mm-hmm. is very important. That advocate is very important as well. No, I think, I think, I think what you're doing is amazing. The work is, the work is great. I think it's really, really cool that you, you know, you're, I had my father as a guest. He was sitting in that chair last week. Um, my father is in the real estate business in Elizabethtown, which is where I'm mm-hmm. from originally. And he sat here and said that, Gabe, the most simple thing, return all your phone calls. That mm-hmm. was his big thing. That was yeah. his big thing. Yeah. That was like his big share. Well, I have a friend in sales, and he always answers his phone. And at first, his when he started dating his wife, she was a little annoyed by it. And then she got it. She goes, he always says, if I don't pick up my phone, Somebody someone will. else will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So... Before before we wrap up, what does the future look like for Brenlow Properties? Well, we have one house that we are almost finished with. We're getting ready to wrap it up. So the um, Alcott, the Alcott house, yes, the Alcott alteration. Which, um, which which you have to tell you have to tell them how you got the hashtag. I had a contest on Instagram. I'm so bad with like the witty captions or like you know the witty hashtags, whatever. So I actually had a contest on Instagram. I gave away um, a free copy of our ebook, and Alcott alteration was the winner. Um, so that was, you know, an engagement strategy to get people engaged and, um, you know, interacting with us and trusting us and stuff like that. So that was cool. But, um, it is finishing up next week. It's in St. Matthews and it's a great little area. It's three bedroom, two and a half bath. It's just under 2000 square feet on the main two floors and then a fully finished basement. Okay. So there's like another 800. We haven't measured like 800-ish okay. square feet in we the We got basement. a price yet? Uh, it'll be right around 375, 375. 385-ish, like right okay. there in that, you know, the mid to upper threes area. Don't, don't get mad if it's 385. Um, yeah, I won't. <laughs> no, I mean, I meant darlis. Oh, okay. 
Um, we flippers. We, like, all, we, we, we always three seventy five. We always go high at the very last minute. Like I don't know about three seventy five. Well, I mean, you know, you you put, you pay attention to the comps and you you know what's going on and you know what's out there, and then and you've been used to seeing it as a construction zone for however long, and then when it's finished and clean and sparkling and everything, you're like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was going to say this earlier. I'm addicted to the transformation. That's yeah. what keeps me doing oh, yeah. it. Um, and and you're right. Like when when it, it it's something about like when the cleaners come through mm-hmm. and the hardwood floors shine mm-hmm. and you see it when the photographer's getting his you know his oh yeah his tripod ready and you're just like wow this is a nice house yeah anyway um okay so so you've got the the Alcott house coming we do okay so you can contact Dana Meyer Dana Willett Meyer mm-hmm. at Remax Premier Properties for information or Remax, She's not Remax Premier Properties, Properties East. Sorry, Remax no. East. Yeah, Remax Properties East. Um, that was Force Babbitt. Remax Properties <laughs> East for information on that. You got more coming. Uh, we don't have anything coming up right now. I have a lead. Okay. Um, it's actually three houses down from mine, so I really want that one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons. Convenience. Um, yeah, but that's. I mean, I. It's literally like, hey, I heard a rumor. You okay. know, so that's nothing set in stone um so that's it as far as the if anyone has a lead you know i'll fight you for it (laughs) no no, hey i can't buy everything i'm i'm in the midst and that's the thing like it's yeah there's competition because we're all you know we're all in the same market and doing the same thing but i mean it's friendly like it's it's more of a it's a community you know not competition well i represent tons of flippers i mean i represent Mm -hmm. quite a few flippers and you know the no one person can can buy everything so no, I, I love hearing that. Um, so no plans of leaving your job. We're not going to put you on no. blast like that. <laughs> not, She's going to keep flip, going to keep flipping, keep looking for leads. Yeah. Um, keep looking for leads in this tough market. So if you know of any, let us know. Give us, give us social or give us Instagram. It's at Brenlow Properties. It's at Brenlow Properties. Um, our website is BrenlowProperties.com. And then our ebook is Shut Up and Flip a House Already.com. Okay. So you, uh, our ebook is $14.95. Um, we have a class coming up actually in a couple weeks. Um, it is with Level Up Louisville, which is a great organization here in Very Louisville cool. that does kind of like pop up classes. And we have taught, I think this will be our fifth flipping a house 101 class. Awesome. So it's a real cool introduction. It's my dad and I. It's a couple hours. It's at 1804, um, which is a co working space in Nulu. Um, there's beer. Uh, but nice. yeah, it's, Sold. it's kind of question and answer, you know, and it's, it's very casual. It's very laid back. It's a high level overview. It's usually people who are interested in flipping houses, but want to learn a little bit more about what it actually entails. Um, and it comes with a free copy of our ebook. So you can sign up for that on levelupwithus.com or through their social media as a link level up Lou. Um, and then our next uh, flip in school. So our shut up and flip a house already seminar is coming up. That is in Cincinnati. Uh, okay. July 21st through 22nd, and that's Wendy and I. So Flip and Wendy and you mm-hmm. are going to be ha- having a course. Is it, yeah. You say it's a two-day course? So this one's two days. So our first one, um, so it's kind of our ebook come to life. So it is where you divide it in between classroom and then actually going to see potential flip properties. So we do, yeah, we kind of talk through our ebook, um, the process of flipping houses from beginning to end, um, finding financing, finding the off market leads. How do you know what to update? How do you come up with a budget? Like the order of operations, like demo. Okay. Well, then what do you fix first? Right. Um, you know, design. How do you just like pay attention to the neighborhood and, what that neighborhood requires as far as design. Is it, you know, older people who are downsizing? Is it first time home buyers? Sure. Um, 
so we talk through all of that and then we take the group to uh, some market or some properties that are on the market that are quote unquote before flips. So they, right. they need work. Um, and we take the group around and we have them come up with a plan. What are you going to update? How are you going to do this? What do you need to pay attention to? And they come up with a plan and practice coming up with, it is, it's very hands-on practice coming up with a budget. And then we go see a finished property. Um, so we did that in Phoenix last month and it was one day and we ran out of time. We, they're like, there was stuff we didn't cover. We ran all the way through lunch. We went to one before flip and then one after flip and we had dinner and we talked all the way through dinner um, with a group. And so we made the second one two days. So it's July 21st and 22nd. It's classroom the first day and then visiting three properties on the second day. Lovely. Cool. So lots going on here. So we've got we've got a property hitting the market. Mm-hmm. Looking for more. Yeah. We've got... I need a new project. Ebook. Hmm. Yep. Classes here and Cincinnati coming up. We'll put all of this in our show notes. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get links to, you know, Brenlo Properties on Instagram, your website, all that kind of good stuff. It, I mean, it, it sounds like you, you like to stay busy. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't slow down much. I really don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't sleep. <laughs> my eyes don't no, close. That's me. No, that's me. I don't Dave, blink I don't actually. I, no. I do need my sleep. Um, but yeah, I, I like to stay busy. I don't do well without a lot of stuff to do. And that honestly, I do like, like I said earlier, I do like the structure. And I think that's part of what, you know, is why I'm still doing this the way that I am is I like getting up and going to an office and having that structure. When I'm left to my own devices, I, I don't do well. Lovely. Well, I think, <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there. That's a lot to digest for our listeners, but you can definitely find more about Brenna and Brenlo Properties you know, via Instagram, Instagram stories. She loves Instagram stories. I it's think easier. It's it's very much easier and it's live and mm-hmm. that's what I like. Um, but yeah, Instagram stories, Instagram at Brenlo Properties website. Uh, there's BrenloProperties.com and ShutUpAndFlipAHouseAlready.com. Yep. Get the ebook there. Um, you know, for, for Gabe and I here, we just really appreciate you making the time. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is fun. This is, you know, something different for us, but it's really cool to talk about it with, you know, with, from a different, from a realtor's perspective and then also Absolutely. from a flipper's perspective as well. So yeah. that's, it's, it's really cool for me as well. So thanks a lot. Well, Absolutely. And our, our, our audience is basically agents right. and, and, you know, I think if, if nothing else, you bring value and you show them, you know, that, um, you know, it's, it's an avenue which they can expand up upon their business. The relationship that you've built with your agent is a mm-hmm. phenomenal one. It's a team, it's a teamwork type situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if, if you're an agent out there and you haven't worked this segment of the business, look to, de- to develop these relationships. They're very, very rewarding. Well, and I think it's a really different relationship. I mean, and I'm not a realtor, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's a different type of relationship and a different, um, I guess, approach working with an investor client versus working with someone who's going to be buying their own home or selling their own home. And it is different. And I think that's why some people excel at it more than others. Yeah. Yeah. So just, well, it's no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's the emotions not there. It's more businesslike. It's, it's more strategic. There's, there's room for all of that. You know, both sides of the equation. But, you know, if you're looking to round out your business, I think you need to meet someone who's serious. There's plenty of people out there. Trust me. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking in my head that, like, I need to be coming to the seminar to, like, meet would-be home flippers. But, like, that's Dana's territory. I'm not going to do that. But, um, you know, that may be something. Look up up someone in your market that does what Brenna does. I'm sure there are people, other, other folks out there doing seminars. 
um, check it out and, and see what you can do to develop a, a multi-channel kind of you know beneficial relationship with both sides. But Brenna, thanks again so much. Thank you. Check her out on social. Check her out on our website. For Gabe and I, a resource, real talk about real estate. We appreciate you listening, and we will be back soon. Thanks a lot, folks.